raise money? Huh? Did you, did you notice that? I normally don't draw attention to this, but it's a blessing, isn't it? You have to go through and beg people for money or make a pledge or let's have a chicken dinner to raise money or a bingo or you have to do any of that. Isn't that wonderful? I didn't have to beg you for money. Let's pass the offering plate and let's get, let's take up five or six offerings. Have you noticed that? You know how we're paying for all this stuff? Cash. Isn't that wonderful? Didn't have to go to the bank and work a deal. Isn't that wonderful? Did anybody notice that? Have you ever? You know, a lot of churches be begging you for money to see. We 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 do things spiritually. How many of you know you ought to be tithers and givers? Is that right? And then we've also been S A V I N G. Well, how does that spell? Did I spell that right? S A V. Saving money for years for this. Amen. Right. You ought, to, you ought to do natural things like budget and save money. And then you can do things cash. Isn't that right? Isn't that better than doing a loan and paying the bankers a bunch of interest? Isn't that right? Okay. I, I, and I don't say that to draw attention to myself, but, but we need to praise God that he's blessed us. He's blessed us. He's blessed us. No, well, a lot of <laughs> chicken dinner... Yeah, I don't know. As long as it's baked chicken, I guess we could have baked chicken. Fried chicken's not good for the cholesterol. Yeah, it sure does taste good, doesn't it? I like that. It's been so long, speaking of chicken. It's been so long. It's been so long since I've been to Kentucky Fried Chicken. That extra crispy. My mother liked the extra crispy. She didn't eat the chicken. She just ate the skin. She just liked this. She did eat the chicken too. She she ate it all the way down to the to the uh, to the bone, didn't she? she? You used to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I like their slaw. I mean, their slaw is good. Well, speaking of that, why don't we just we just go to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken? Okay. Well, the Lord's good, isn't He? All right. Hey, I want to talk to you today for a few minutes about. Um, Oh, and by the way, I, I did want to say this. The reason that we're able to do what we're doing here with the remodeling and able to do it, not have to take a loan out and all that stuff or beg you for money. You know why we don't? I mean, we give God all the glory, but it's because you all are faithful to be tithers and givers. So we need to, we need to draw attention to that. You are faithful tithers and givers and so we appreciate that and I say very little about money around here I probably ought to say more about it than I do about you know importance of giving and whatnot but you are faithful tithers and givers and so we we thank you it's all it's not my church it's God's church but it's our church is that right so we appreciate your faithfulness all right I want to talk to you today about and not about Kentucky Fried Chicken I want to talk to you today about staying sweet. Staying sweet. You know, early in the days of this church, back many years ago in 1994, uh, just shortly after we started the church, someone gave me some good advice. And they said, Pastor, that whatever you do as you go down the road here, many years down as you, as you live your life, as you pastor this church, stay sweet. And you know that's good advice for all of us, to stay sweet. You know, I thought when we started this church and just really just, you know, I, I thought everybody was going to love my teaching and preaching. But you know, I found that not to be the case. But you know, not everybody loved Jesus teaching and preaching. How many of you know that? They, they didn't. How many of you know they didn't like Paul's teaching and preaching? Not everybody. How many of you know they tried to, first time Jesus really, one of the first times he got up and preached, they, want, they basically ran, wanted to run him off a cliff. Is that right? And how many of you know Paul, got, and they came after Jesus more than once, tried to kill him for, what, for his preaching. Is that correct? 
and they beat Paul up a lot. He got beat up a lot for what he, he preached. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And, uh, but you know, Jesus, even when, when he was hanging on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Did he stay sweet? Yeah. And the Bible says that when they were accusing him falsely and going off on him and whipping him and all of that, beating him, he never reviled against him, did he? He stayed sweet, didn't he? And Jesus is, he's the Lord. He's our example. And, and we're supposed to, to, to stay sweet. And, but I thought everybody would just, just be in love with me and just, just love everything I'd say and do. But I found that not to be the case. And when I was young, now I'm 54 years old, but when I was very young, you know, a young boy and into my teens and, and early 20s, uh, my heart was very soft, very soft. You know, the Bible teaches about various heart conditions. Now, I'm not talking about the blood pump, but I'm talking about the inner man, the hidden man of the heart. The Bible talks about different heart conditions, and we could say much about it, but we can have a tender heart. The Bible talks about having a tender heart, or we could say a sweet heart, a tender heart. It also talks about having a hardened heart. And... What I have learned is the affairs of life, not just in pastoring a church, but just the affairs of life. And see if you can relate to this. The affairs of life. You know what I mean when I say the affairs of life? Just dealing with people at your work or dealing with, you know, this situation or that situation or this family member or this relationship or whatever the case. The affairs of life, dealing with people over many years can make one's heart grow hardened or cold. Sometimes things don't go the way we expect or things don't turn out the way, we, the, the way we think that they should. And little by little, little by little, it's real easy for your heart to become hardened. I've noticed that about myself over the years. Um, when I was very young, you know, my heart was, was real, real, real tender. And as you just deal with people and deal with the affairs of life, it can, it can get harder. It can get, get cold if you're not watchful. Uh, it, the Bible talks about a calloused heart. Have you ever had your, uh, uh, you, you've taken some uh, trauma to your hand and you get a callus on your hand? Does anybody, that happened to anybody besides me? And, uh. You know, there's good news, though. With uh, proper treatment of a callus, you can, you can treat it properly, put lotion on it and whatnot, and, and it can get soft again, can't it? So there's good news. If your heart's become hardened, it can get soft again. You know, I have found that dealing with people, people's words and actions... Now listen to this. This is very interesting. People's words and actions are like, or can be like, are like nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin. Do you ever think about nitroglycerin? Nitroglycerin can be used to blow up mountains, but it's also used to heal hearts. You ever think about that? And I, I've met I've met people over the years that. That, that, that their words and their actions were so kind and nice and sweet and loving towards me that, it, that it's, 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 it's healed a lot of things on the inside of me. I've also met people over the years where their words and their actions were like, you know, the nitroglycerin that blows up mountains. And they've done things to me. They've said things about me over the many years. I think you all can relate in your own life where you've had people do things to you or say things to you. It just kind of just kind of blew you up more than anything else, kind of hurt you. You know what I mean? Nitroglycerin can cause much hurt, but it can also heal a heart. And so what I'm trying to tell you today is if your heart has been blown up or affected negatively by the words and actions of people, God's got some words and actions and God's got some people with some words and actions that can heal what the affairs of life have destroyed. And that's good news. 
Now, if you go to 2 Samuel, the 10th chapter, I want to share a little brief Bible story with you. It's five verses, but it's very powerful. 2 Samuel 10, in the New Living Translation, will be up there. And you'll see how this little story illustrates what I just been talking about. Notice in 2 Samuel 10 verse 1. It says, Sometime after this, King Nahash of the Ammonites died, and his son Hahan, or Hanan, I'm sorry, Hanan, became king. David, now this is King David. Now, for this story, he's going to be a type of the Heavenly Father. David said, I am going to show loyalty or kindness to Hanan, just as his father, Nahash, was also loyal or kind to me. So you got the story here now? This king dies, this Ammonite king. And he had been kind to David, and now David hears about his death. And so he's going to be kind in return. And so he says in verse 2, I'm going to show kindness to Hanan just as his father Nahash was always kind to me. So Hanan is the son of the king who died. And so notice in verse 2 there, midway through that verse, David sent ambassadors. Now you might want to underline that word ambassador because that's a type of you and me. David, the king, who's a type of the heavenly father, sent ambassadors who are a type of you and me. Doesn't the Bible say that we're ambassadors for Christ? So he sent ambassadors to express sympathy, sympathy or comfort to Hanan about his father's death. So they were having a funeral and David sent, he didn't go himself, but he sent these ambassadors to, to show kindness and respect and, you know, just some healing words and some kind kind actions toward the son of this king who had died and to express sympathy to Hanan about his father's death. But when David's ambassadors arrived in the land of Ammon, the Ammonite commanders... Now, these Ammonite commanders are a type of the people and situations we deal with in life. These Ammonite commanders said to Hanan, this is the son of the king who is, is now dead. Here's what they said. They're, they said this, they said this to, to this young, young man, Hanan. Do you really think these men, talking about these ambassadors, do you really think these men are coming here to honor your father? No. David has sent them to spy out the city so they can come in and conquer it. Well, they lied about the ambassadors, didn't they? They lied about David. They lied about the ambassadors. You know, many lies have been told about God. And many lies have been told about His servants. And so they said, Hey, you're not coming here to show kindness. They're coming here. To spy, they're, they're not really here to show sympathy. They've come here to spy us out so David can come in later and conquer us. The ambassadors were lied about. Now, now notice here in verse 4, Hanan seized David's ambassadors and shaved off half of each man's beard. Cut off their robes at the buttocks and sent them back to David in shame. When David heard what had happened, he sent messengers to tell them, stay at Jericho until your beards grow out and come back, for they felt deep shame because of their appearance. Let me ask you, were these ambassadors doing what David had told them to do? Were they going to spy or were they going to bring sympathy and, and comfort? And they were being obedient, weren't they, to the king's command. 
But yet, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're walking in love and they're being obedient. But yet, something happened to them that they weren't expecting. They were lied about. And notice, half of their beards, notice they cut off one side of the face. They cut off half of their beards and then... They basically had their robe. They no doubt were wearing a ceremonial robe. And and the robe was cut so that their behind was showing. And sent back. You see, in that culture, a man's beard was a badge of dignity. You say, why would they cut off half of their beard? Well, a man's beard was a badge of dignity. And to shave off half of a man's beard was an ultimate insult. It was the ultimate embarrassment and the ultimate ridicule. And it goes without saying that someone having their buttocks exposed in public would be also very embarrassing and would it not? You see, these ambassadors here were not like Jeremiah who got thrown in the dungeon or Daniel who got thrown in the lion's den or the Hebrew children who were thrown in the fiery furnace or like the Apostle Paul who had been beaten many times, thrown in prison and stoned and left for dead. These guys really... If you think about it, they got off pretty easy if you compare them to Jeremiah and Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego or Paul. They got off easy. But did you know you don't have to be wounded physically to be wounded in heart? And did you know that I have watched this over the many years And I have run into a lot of people that they were not wounded physically, but they were wounded in heart. And I've watched those heart wounds actually in many ways be a lot more devastating than someone who had been wounded physically. I've watched people over the years where someone had said something to them when they were young and that those words like that nitroglycerin we talked about a while ago, that, that it goes into their heart and it just lodges there and it, it causes the heart to get hard and cold. You see, these ambassadors, I want to bring it out again. I want you to not miss it. They did not get beat up. They did not get thrown in a lion's den. They did not have to go in the fiery furnace But they got persecuted nonetheless. And they got abused nonetheless. They got embarrassed. I remember one time I was bowling as a young kid in a league at Crestwood Bowl. Every Saturday morning we'd bowl. We had a team. And I remember the place was jam-packed. And I remember, you know, much noise and whatnot, place full of noise, you know. And I went up and I, I bowled my ball and, you know, I was going for a one, I think there was one pin in the ball. It was going to be real close, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to help the ball over, you know. And I'm backing up and my, my shoestring got caught on the ball return. And I mean, I went, boom, just down on my back. Now I'm laying there looking straight up at the ceiling And I'm not hurt at all. I could tell I was not hurt at all physically. But have you ever had a bowling alley that's got, I don't know, 20 lanes or whatever, and it's just jam-packed and it's full of noise, just in that quick go dead, dead quiet? I wasn't hurt physically, but it was real hard getting up because I knew everybody in there was looking at me, and I didn't just stick the landing. 
is very embarrassing. I guess some of you aren't getting it, but what if I was up here right now and I decided to get up on the stage and all of a sudden, How do you think I would feel? That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? I mean, I, and, and think about what, what, the, what happened to these guys. They had half their beard shaven, and then they cut their robes so that their, their backside was showing, and they sent them back to David. Think about them walking on the street there, however, however on the road, whatever it was, and their, their buttocks is exposed. Would any of you want to walk down Hawkins Road with your buttocks exposed? It would be what? Real? Humiliating. You need to realize that's what happened to these ambassadors. They were obey they were, they were good people. These were some of David's, no doubt, some of David's mighty men. These were men of dignity, men of renown. I mean, what do you think would happen if we sent some of our ambassadors over to another nation and, and they, you know, essentially expose their backsides and send them back to us? I don't think Mr. Trump would take that very well. And he shouldn't take it very well. Well, that's what happened here. And the point I want you to get now is, were these guys being obedient to the king? Were they doing what the king told them to do? As far as I can tell, they had good and right hearts. And they wind up ridiculed and embarrassed. They didn't wind up in the lion's den, like I said, or in prison or anything like that, but they wound up embarrassed. And ridiculed. I wonder if any of us have, have any of us ever done anything for God and we, we heard from the Lord as best we could and we walked it out as best we could and we did everything, maybe not perfect, but we did everything as best we could. And because of whatever other people, the devil, whatever the case, and we wind up having obeyed God, done what he said do, but things just didn't work out the way we thought they was going to, and we wind up ridiculed and embarrassed. The Bible says that they felt deep shame because of their appearance. That was in verse 5. The end of verse 5. They felt deep shame because of their appearance. You know, I know that we're not supposed to care about how we look to other people. But I mean, there is, there is, there is a place of dignity that, it, that, that God wants us to walk in and, and wants us to have. Did you know that? And the devil will go out of his way to try to put egg on our face. You know what I mean? You know what I mean when I say egg on our face? Embarrass us. And like I said, in, in, I mean, there's a few situations in my life where, where I've been embarrassed. Where I'd almost rather take a beating. I, I mean, I, you, I don't know if I'd rather take a beating, but you almost feel like it sometime than be embarrassed. Half of their beard shaved, buttocks exposed, and sent back. And they were doing what the king told them to do. Well, it's interesting. If you look at verse 5, I want you to look at verse 5. When David heard what had happened. Now, we've already read this, but I want to drill down on this a little more. When David heard what had happened, he sent messengers to tell them. He sent messengers to the ambassadors. And he said to them, now notice what David, now he's a type of the heavenly father in this story. David heard what happened 
Now, was it David's will for them to be embarrassed? It was not his will for them to be embarrassed. When David heard what had happened, he sent messengers to tell them, stay at Jericho until your beards grow out and then come back. Stay at Jericho until your beards grow out and then come back. Now that seems interesting. Why would he tell them to stay at Jericho until your beards grow out and then come back? Well, we can understand about the beards growing out. Can you see that David doesn't want them to be embarrassed? Can you see that? But Jericho, we could say much about it, but when you look it up, one of the meanings of the word Jericho means fragrance, which implies sweetness. And when David heard that they had been embarrassed so badly, he said, go to Jericho or go to this place of fragrance. In other words, what, what he was saying to them is stay sweet. Realize, say stay sweet. Boy, that was really weak. Come on, stay sweet. How many of you know it's not easy to stay sweet when your buttocks is exposed and half your beard is shaved off and you've been embarrassed? Is that right? It's not real, it's not real easy to stay sweet. It's real easy to get mad, to get angry. How dare they do that to me? How dare they, how dare they shave half of my beard? How dare they expose my buttocks? How dare they treat me like this? How dare they, how dare they, how dare they, how dare they? Who do they think they are? Don't they know who I am? Don't they know that I'm serving God? I'm a God, I'm one of God's ambassadors. I'm doing what God told me to do. What did David tell them to do? Go where? Go to? And Jericho means fragrance, which implies sweetness. What was David really telling him? He was telling them to what? Stay sweet. Stay sweet. It's not easy to stay sweet. When you've been embarrassed, when you've been talked bad about, when you've been lied to, lied on. Has anybody ever been lied about beside me? Has anybody ever been treated badly beside me? Just three people. Okay, well, you haven't been living in the real world then. Either that or you just don't want to vote. We need to stay sweet, don't we? You know, David did not want them to be embarrassed. As we said, he told them to go to Jericho, a place of, in this case, sweetness. Let your beards grow out. You know, I'm confident David, how many of you think David got him new robes? You think so? I think he did. Reminds me of the father of the prodigal son. How many of you know the prodigal son left daddy's house and went out? Do his own thing. How many remembers that? Wound up in the pig pen, thought better of it, repented and came back to his father's house. Do you remember that? And before the father, remember the Bible said when he was a, his son was a long way off, the father was looking for him. And what did the father do? Put a robe on his back and a ring on his, he put a robe what? On his, I, Think about that. We're talking about people whose buttocks are exposed. You think David got these guys new robes? Because he didn't want, he said, stay there till your beards grow back. So that takes some time. But I'm convinced David also got them some robes to cover their buttocks. And that young man, that prodigal son, how many of you know when you come out of the pig pen, you're not going to be looking and dressed real good probably. Is that right? How many of you know God doesn't want us to be embarrassed? And what did the father in the prodigal son story, what did he do? He put the robe on his son's back so that much we could say but one reason he didn't want him to be embarrassed and show up looking like he just come out of a pig pen we need to remember that's our heavenly father he doesn't want us to be embarrassed 
But living in this world, you're going to run into some things that's going to wound your heart and cause embarrassment, to cause hurt, pain, whatever. And you just need to know that God is for you. Some things you can do, I have in my notes here, some things you can do to stay sweet. Matthew 5.44, look at this. Jesus said this, he said, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. So when you've been persecuted, when you've been embarrassed, you've been serving God and something doesn't go the way you think it should, you know, time comes and goes and you think you should be further along than what you are and you're not, can be very embarrassing. What do we do? Love, bless, do good, and pray. Love, notice, not your friends. We ought to do that. That's easy to to do, but love your, bless those who praise you or bless those who do good to those who love you or do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who are always nice to you. No, pray for those who what? Spitefully use and persecute you. We ought to pray for people that love us, all right, but anybody can do that. It's loving, blessing, and doing good and praying for those who have done us wrong. I'm talking about staying sweet here. We need to stay sweet. Take it from me, if you don't stay sweet, it's just going to make the situation worse. Is that right? Look at Matthew 5.11. Jesus said, Matthew 5.11, Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely. Realize, say falsely. Falsely. Were these ambassadors in this story falsely? uh, Were they lied about? They were lied about, weren't they? Weren't they? Were they lied about? Did they come to spy out so David could attack or did they come to bring sympathy? Jesus said, blessed are you when they revile you, persecute you, say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what do we do when when these bad things happen to us? Love, bless, do good, pray and rejoice. That's easier said than done, but that's what Jesus said do and that's what we have to do if we're going to stay sweet. And there's something else, and I, and I have here in my notes, and I, I, I put here a danger. Here's what, you need to listen to this. When you do something for God, and it doesn't go the way that you think it should, or people come against you and persecute you, it's real easy to get mad at the people, but did you know it's also real easy to get mad at You know, there's a lot of Christians mad at God. I said there's a lot of Christians mad at God because they 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 felt they heard from Him and they stepped out and they did what they thought He wanted them to do. And uh, now, in some cases, they they missed God and they didn't really get what the plan of God was for their life. But in many cases, uh, people hear from God and they do what God tells them to do. But you know, when you hear from God and do what He tells you to do, you know the devil's going to fight you all the harder. Is that right? Because if you don't hear from him and you step out and start doing what he's never called you to do, that's typically going to flop anyway, probably, more than likely. But it's when you hear from God and step out and do what he tells you to do, that's when you got hell and the devil and everybody else coming against you, everybody that will yield to the devil. And they'll come against you, they'll lie on you, lie to you, talk bad about you, do this to hurt you, do that to hurt you. Did you hear me? And it's real easy to get mad at God. But how many of you know he hasn't done anything wrong? Has he? Has God ever missed it? Had he ever, has he ever done anything wrong? I have to tell you this story. I'm sitting there in my junior high classroom and I just was playing a trick on this kid one day. It was late in the day, last hour, and I just sat there and everybody was working on their homework and I just started looking at him. I stared at him. How would you like me to stare at you for like 10 minutes straight? Would you like that? Pick on one of these kids 
I'm looking at Alexia now. Would you like me to stare at you? Now, I can stare you down now. I'm the best stare there ever was. Would I make you nervous? Oh, yeah, I can. We're going to get into a little staring match. <laughs> if, I had, if I had time, I'd stare you down. But I don't, I don't have time. And I got these nice people who want to go home. But I could stare you down. Don't you know? So anyway, <laughs> she wants to stare at But let me pick on somebody else. Would I make you? Yeah, how the heck with that? But I'm staring at this little kid. And he starts, you know, and after several minutes, of, he got real nervous and he, he just, you had to be there, but he just kind of, he shut his book and he looked at me and he said, he said, Mr. Shu, what you looking at me for? I ain't did's nothing. I ain't did's nothing. No, it wasn't in English. No, very little English there. But he was trying to tell me he hasn't done anything wrong. It's like that one time that kid raised his hand. I said, I said, uh, yes. And that's what I said. I said, I said, you're going to have to say that one more time. And so I said, class, there's 29 other kids in there. I said, class, you're going to have to help me. His name was Antoine. What is Antoine trying to tell me? And in unison, you had to be there. It was funny. In unison, 29 kids all said at the same time, Mr. Shield, Antoine says he needs his inhaler. So I quick wrote it. I quick, I thought by the time I understand what the kid's asking for, he's going to be dead. You know, I mean, he's his inhaler. I mean, so I, I signed, I didn't even sign him a ticket. I just said, go over to the nurse's office and get your inhaler, you know. But how many of you know God ain't did nothing wrong? Is that right? So don't ever get mad at God. How many of you know David, who's a type of God here? He said, go to Jericho. What does that mean? Stay what? Stay sweet. Go to Jericho. Stay sweet. Wait till your beard grows back. I'm sure he got them robes. See, don't get mad at God. God's for you, not against you. But you need to realize you got hell and the devil and demons and people that are yielding to the devil and demons and working against you. Do you understand that? And when all that's going on and they're coming against you, lying about you, what are you supposed to do? Love, say this, say love, love. Bless, bless, do good, pray, and rejoice. And just stay in Jericho until your beard grows back. Ladies, if I don't, I, we won't, this is just, this is symbolic, right? I haven't seen a lady with a beard. Well, we did go see that uh, Barnum and Bailey thing. They did have a bearded lady on there. But let's change the subject. Anyway, do you understand? Go to Jericho. Stay sweet. Wait till you recuperate. Wait till you recover. Let God use nitroglycerin in a good way and heal your heart. Are you okay? Am I talking to anybody today? Am I? God wants to cover you and put a robe on you and let that beard grow back. Let him cover you and he doesn't want you embarrassed. Stay sweet. Now close with this. And don't ever forget this. While you're staying sweet, now listen, don't miss this now. While you're staying sweet, how do you stay sweet? You love, you bless, you do good, you pray, you rejoice. Easier said than done, but it's got to be done. Stay sweet. Luke 6.29, Jesus said this. He said, to him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. Somebody takes away your cloak or they take away your coat, don't withhold your tunic. They take your coat, give them your shirt also, is what he's really saying. When somebody smacks you on the cheek, what did he tell you to do? Turn the other cheek. Now, when I was a younger, I used to think, I, I never could understand that scripture. I thought, Lord, do you just want us to be a punching bag for the world so that people just smack us around and beat us up? Until I read Romans twelve nineteen, and the Lord dealt with my heart one day. Romans twelve nineteen in the New Living Translation. Dear friends, never take revenge. 
It's another way of turning the other, saying turn the other cheek. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. When somebody smacks you on one cheek, they lie about you, they do whatever it is they do to you. If they literally hit you or if they, you know, they hurt you some other way. What did Jesus say to do? He said to turn the what? Turn the other cheek. He said, turn the other cheek. This reminds me, I've only been in one fight in all my life. You know when it was? It was in seventh grade. Now listen to this. You need to listen. Good illustration here. I've only been in one physical fight in my life. Seventh grade, soft heart, standing in, in, in the line, Eureka, Eureka Junior High School, the old one up there on the hill there, behind where the hen house used to be, Eureka Junior High, sixth hour, and then we had seventh hour, standing there, chicken just keep coming up with this, I'm standing there in line, long line, I'm standing there waiting for my turn to get a drink. And my best friend at that time, Steve was his name. He was standing, he came up right behind me. I didn't even know he was there, but he came, there's probably about six kids in front of me and I'm standing there, seventh grade. And this eighth grader comes and butts in front of me. And I'm just standing there waiting for my turn. And so, you know, Kid moves out. We move up a little bit. When I hear this voice behind me, that's when I knew he was there. Steve said to me, Terry, are you going to let him get away with that? And I said, well, sure, so what? It's just one person. I mean, I'll get my drink. It's not that big a deal. And then Steve, who I love dearly to this day, he said, are you going to let him get away with that? If you don't do something about that, you're going to get pushed around the rest of your life. You know, you got to watch well-meaning friends that... And the next thing, all I can remember is when he said that, I said, yeah. Yeah. How, how dare this kid? And I grabbed the kid and we got into a scuffle. And the last thing I remember, I was up at that... This last thing I remember, I remember I was up at the water fountain banging his head into the water fountain. And then the next thing I remember after that is I was sitting in the principal's office. And the principal walks in and he says, this is your first offense. I don't ever want to see you in here again. Now get out of here. And he never saw me again. I got out of there and never got in another fight after that. I guess I won the fight. I don't know. I hope the kid's all right. But you need to remember this. When you get wronged, the devil will have, and sometimes it's not even the devil, it's just people. They'll come along and they'll get behind you and they'll say, are you going to take that? Are you going to let them get away with that? Are you going to let them talk bad about you? Are you going to not retaliate? I was just doing doing what God would want me to do. Just You know, the Bible says... In, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, Amplified, talking about love. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. And that kid did me wrong. He cut me off, cut in line. And what would love do? I was doing what love would have me do. Now, I'm not talking bad about my friend Steve. Steve, if you're listening on the internet, I love you. But he, uh, you can have a well-meaning friend. And Steve loved me. He's a well-meaning friend. But he talked me into something I shouldn't have done. Is that right? You gotta watch well-meaning friends. A lot of times they'll, 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 and, and they love you. They're just, they're just trying to look out for your best interest, but, but they can tell you to do things contrary to the word of God, which I, I did. And it can keep you from being sweet. You know, I've watched people over the years. I've watched people over the years, and sometimes you get, and you teach junior high any length of time, you'll, you'll see this. But you can have a person over here, a kid over here, they're no problem at all. You have a kid over here, they're no problem at all. It's like nitro and glycerin. They're fine when they're separated, but when you bring them and put them in the same classroom, oh my goodness. 
Now, I've watched some people play off, haven't we watched this? Some people, their personalities play off each other, and, it, 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 and it's not a good thing. So you've got to watch. You okay? You getting anything out of this today? So are we supposed to be a punching bag for the world? No. Jesus said when, he, when we're smote on one cheek, what do we do? Turn the... And I learned this. Listen, if this is the only thing you get today, get this. I learned this. That as long as I've got my boxing gloves on, guess what? I'm going to have to do my own fighting. But if I put my boxing gloves down and turn the other cheek, guess who puts the boxing gloves on? God puts them on. How many of you know he's a better boxer than you and me put together? And he'll do your fighting for you. Either you're going to do your fighting for you or God's going to do your fighting for you. And I learned a long time ago, turn the other cheek, put the boxing gloves down, and he'll pick them up and he'll do your fighting for you. And he won't let you be a punching bag. But I've learned something else about the Lord. Now listen carefully. When he starts dealing with those people who've done you wrong, your flesh wants him to come in there and just... But how many of you know he doesn't work that way? He comes in there and starts dealing with them. He wants them to repent. Our flesh wants him to go in there and level them down, bow them down, hit them with a lightning bolt, but he'll go in there and start dealing with their heart to soften their heart. Did you hear what I just said? But I tell you what, if they won't repent, eventually God will deal with them. Now, I'll close this message by saying this. I think back now over the many years, and I'll just use this church just as, a, as an example Many years, and I've had so many good, wonderful people, so many good, wonderful people. But over the years, and any pastor is going to have this, there's been a handful of people, probably a little more than a handful of people, that have just done my wife and I wrong. They've treated us badly. And do you notice I seldom ever, I don't ever, I don't ever get up here in soapbox and talk about it. I don't. What am I doing? I'm staying. Wait. And, and you know, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't gotten to the land completed, the land of sweetness completely. Have you? I'm still dealing with my flesh, but I'm a lot closer today than I used to be. And the real, the real thing is not being sweet publicly. The real thing is when you can be su- sweet privately. You know what I mean? Now, I haven't got there yet, but I'm closer than I've ever, ever been. I'm getting closer. But we've had folks that, a lot of good people, but we've had we've had some that have just been real. I don't know how else to say it, but they've they've done us they've done us wrong. I know one situation that a fellow that attended here he came in and he said, Pastor Terry, I just can't resist. I have to ask you with that per, that situation over there. Tell me about that. He said he said I've heard some things and 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 I've watched you. You've said nothing. Tell me. And I sat down with the man in the office and I told him my side of it. And he said, my goodness gracious. If I had known your side, I said, I don't see how, now that I know your side, I don't see how you couldn't take a baseball bat and go after those people. Well, you know what we're doing? We're what? We're staying sweet. And you know what? I've watched people over the years who've done, done us wrong. And I can honestly say that I don't even think God went after them and dealt with them. I mean, to hurt them. But you watch people and you see over 10, 15, 20 years and you look and you see people that have done... And usually the way people are treating you, they're treating other people the same way. They didn't just do it to me. You know, I've watched people and I've talked with pastor friends of mine that, well, yeah, they did that in my church too. Yeah, they did that in my church too. So don't think you're the only one that, that the devil's attacking. You know, they, I, yeah, I've had people even tell me, yeah, I knew them over at that church. They did the same thing over there. But you watch those people over time. Now you get real serious now. And I wouldn't even say it's God doing it to the ones I know about. How many of you know you reap what you sow? And I've watched them over time. Over, I'm talking not over a few days. I'm talking over decades and you see their family all busted up. Having all kinds of problems. All kinds of issues. All kinds of lack and want. Arguing, divorces. 
A couple of them wind up dead, and, and they shouldn't have been dead. One of them found laying dead side of the road. I'm not saying God did it. But you reap what you sow. Did you hear me? And I'm not saying it's because they did anything to me. I'm just saying you check it. They just treat people that way. I'm not saying God did any of it. But God will come in there and deal with people at a certain point. Isn't it better just to stay sweet? I said it's better to stay sweet, isn't it? Did you get anything out of this today? And uh, my goal, I want to tell you my heart here before I let you go. Do you remember the Apostle Paul? He made a statement and he said, uh, this was after he got saved. How many of you know before he got saved, he wronged some people, didn't he? But after he got saved, remember he wrote and he said, I've wronged no man. And that's the way I've tried to run this ministry. And that's the goal of my heart is that I can lay my pillow, my head I can lay my head on my pillow at night and say, I've wronged no person. And I, and, I, and I think I can say that. I mean, maybe I have somewhere along the way, but if... You know, have you ever seen a... Have you ever... Listen to me. Have you ever seen a boat go down a river and, and the boat goes by and what's behind? It's called the, it's the what? You look at anybody and you see what they leave in their wake... If you see turmoil, they've hurt this one, they've hurt that one. I've watched this in a lot of preachers over the years, you know. They'll stand up here and, oh, I love everybody. But then you see, it, you see the wake and all the people and, the, and, and the, 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 the multitudes of people that they've just, just destroyed their lives. And I watch those people over time as well. They, those, those ministers, they wind up in debacle usually almost all the time doesn't happen overnight talking like over a 30 year span of time I don't want to wrong anybody but when we are wronged what is the message I want you to take away from here it's two words it's what stay what sweet was it stay sweet one more time you got you get something out of this today okay well I'm going to pick up the staring contest with Alexia here because I can whip her. By the way, I want to tell you something else. Nobody's ever beaten me at tic-tac-toe either. So, Oh, I will, yes. I, I tell you what, I have stared down some people that are in a federal penitentiary right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, one time we had the filing cabinet got locked. I couldn't get in it. And I just, you know, we couldn't get in, couldn't get in. I thought, I told Dale, I said, I'd call some of my former students, you know. They'll get in that thing. Not a problem. I taught some rough people, man. Stand up with me. Bow your heads. If you need prayer for anything, there'll be some men and women standing up here. You can come up and they'll pray with you. If you need to receive Jesus as your Savior, you can come up and do that. Just as we go, I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for the people. That these words that I spoke today, that they take these words to heart. And that we'd all remember that no matter what happens to us in the affairs of life, that we will remember these words.